My name is Kathy Connor, to be one of the pastors here at First Pres, and I want you to know that we have so much to celebrate, and we know how to celebrate around here. Look at us. We're sitting in one of our favorite sandwich shops in Tampa. We have our kiddos this morning dressed in Halloween costumes, and God has been overwhelming us with massive provision as we build our new church home. All of that reminds us that worship is God's party. And we get to celebrate what God has done for us in the past as individuals and as a church, but also we're going to celebrate and thank him for how he is leading us into his future for us as a church, but also as individuals. This morning, we also get to celebrate Jackie Faircloth. You know that we pray for her every Sunday. We pray for her healing. We pray for her family to be strengthened. Well, this morning, we get to thank God for the anniversary of her birth this Thursday. If you take a picture of that, you can send her a birthday card, which she loves, or a video, which she loves. And oh, by the way, it doesn't matter if you don't know her. She knows that all of us are behind her, cheering her on and praying for her. So please go out of your way. I'm asking you to go out of your way to do this. If you're new to First Pres, we're so glad that you're here. And we want you to know that we would do anything for you to serve you in any way that we can. We also want you to know that we are about building real relationships with Jesus and with each other. And when that happens, we believe transformation takes place in the ways that we need it the most. If you're willing, please fill out the Connect card. You can access it by using the QR code or go to the website after worship. This helps us to get to know you, get an opportunity to answer your questions, to pray for you. Uh, we just want to come around you with our love and our care. Please pray with me now. Heavenly Father, 
There are people in our midst who are here just worn out, flat tired. And I ask, oh God, that you would just nourish something refreshing and new in their souls as we sing, as we pray, as we worship you. Lord, when we put our eyes on you and praise you, it's not because you need a compliment. It's because it helps us. Because then we get our eyes off of our anxiety and onto how great you are. We get our eyes off of our fear and onto you, our shepherd, who leads us through the hard stuff. We get our eyes off of ourselves and into a much bigger picture of hope, of your goodness. Help us, Lord, make that shift this morning. Oh, Lord, take our hearts somewhere where we never thought they would go. And Father, we always want to lift up and pray for Jackie and her family. Strengthen them, encourage them as you strengthen and encourage her this very day. Oh, Lord, we also thank you that Leah and Brian Rosetta are here in worship having gotten married two weeks ago, Lord, and we celebrate what you have done in their life. We also want to pray for our friends who are battling cancer and who are bravely undergoing radiation and chemo, doing all those things, counting on you, Lord, for healing grace. James Canali, Jerry Denny, Jamie Atkinson, Hank Floyd, and others, Lord, in our midst who love you and are counting on you. Lord, we also pray for Portia Young's husband, Chuck, in the hospital and her mother in the hospital, Lord. We just pray for clarity and results and whatever is going on that you, Lord, that you would bring healing grace around this family. And Lord, as we worship you, help us to remember who you are and that we can shout victory because of you in our lives. In Christ's name, we pray with gratitude, with joy, with trust, with hope, with everything we've got. Amen. So we now have the privilege of celebrating even more God's gift to us of children, and we get to welcome them and love on them as they parade through. And those of you on the aisle, Baxter, those of you on the aisle, Tim, grab the bucket of candy. It's right there. Some of you lucky ones, they're going to come by. And if you have a bucket near you, you're the one. And they're going to come through, and we're going to welcome them with the love of Jesus. Bring them on.
Father, though the world may say to trust in ourselves, to trust our inner truth, Lord, we trust in you, for you are a firm foundation. You are the way, the truth, and the life, Lord, and your word does not turn back void. Lord, I ask that you help us as we demonstrate this faith in the season of our church so that we can impact generations and those that are lost can hear of your good news. And it's in your name, Lord, that we pray these things. In your precious name, amen. Be seated. Good morning. Yeah. Boo. Did I scare you? I, you look scared. So welcome here in the room. Welcome online. Quick quiz for us all. If you're online, you can chat with each other about who might satisfy the, uh, the, the thing I'm going to ask you to think about. Who is the oldest person that you know? And you, can't, you need to know their birth date. Who's the oldest person on the planet that you know? And just tag Norman, no, it's not me. So, so the oldest person that I know also happens to be a member of this church family. Her name is Dottie Womble. She was 102 years old on October 12th, just a couple of weeks ago. Yep, Dottie Womble. She, she has been online with us some. She was with us in worship on September 12th in Zach Street. And so Dottie Womble was 102 years old. Just do your math here. She was born October 12, 1919 in the year of our Lord. Now, if you're online chatting and you know or here in the room, just think about it. Just thinking about age, we, we're on a train that's been moving a long time, this business about being the first Prez family. So I, I introduced to you Dottie. When Dottie was born, our church was only 35 years old. Guess, guess what? Listen carefully. This is really cool. We're in year 138. The gospel has been alive for a lot longer than that. But this organization, this family, just right now ticking over, finishing off 137 years of mission and ministry and starting 138. Now, if you are a guest visiting with us here today in the room, or if you're online and you just really haven't been with us too much, we're going to do a, a, we're sort of having a kitchen table talk this morning, but we're going to dig into some scripture also that's so challenging and so encouraging and so clarifying. So we're going to do a little bit of both this morning, kind of a, kind of a one-off as we finish up what we've been doing for the, for the last three years. We don't really finish, we also start new, but we've been talking about how we're going to move forward in faith. And for us, that's meant selling our home and buying a new home and generating out of your generosity the possibility of building out the new home. All kinds of great stuff has been going on. But here is what I want us to know. Forward in faith. What a great name. God is still on the move in your family, in our neighborhood, in your zip code, in your school, in your office, in your life, in your marriage. 
God is on the move and has been on the move. And we have the privilege of moving forward in an institution that out there statistically, it's not all that common for a church to be 138 years old in North America. We're sort of the outlier that we're moving forward. But that's what we are. And what a great thing it is. It's not about us. And it certainly is not about me. It's about Jesus. And so forward we go. And we have this phenomenal privilege to go forward in faith representing Jesus in our work, our family, our zip codes, etc. And we love people well. We're relationship experts. We love unconditionally. And that's what we've been called to do. And so, yes, today we're going to have sort of a family conversation. We're going to talk about scripture as well. And we're going to... This is what we're, we're having the chance to do, friends, with this project. Generational impact. I was thinking about what I wanted to say to you this morning. And what came to mind was Tom Berry, and I don't think Tom is here this morning. Tom Berry stood in front of us three or four or five years ago, and he was talking about his own experience in what we call life groups. That's where we get together on purpose in small groups because we believe real relationships happen there and real transformation happens there. And Tom was talking about being a part of a life group, and he was trying to talk you into joining one because he wanted something for you. He didn't want a thing from you. He wanted something for you. But here was the powerful, dramatic part. Tom said, oh, almost in tears, I wish my dad had been in one. What kind of generational impact would it have had on me, said Tom, had my dad encountered Jesus Christ and his people in the way that I am encountering Jesus Christ and his people? And particularly that Sunday, he was talking about the way the group itself had made such a profound impact on who he was. And that's what we're doing. So I mentioned 138 years because I remind you, we're standing on the shoulders of the Dottie Wombles of the previous century. Don't think just because some recently you woke up and started following Jesus that that train wasn't already steaming forward ahead because it was. Now, I sat on a rock at a Windy Gap Young Life camp when I was a, just graduated from high school. I was 18 years old, and they told me to go outside and talk to Jesus. And they said, if you want to, go outside and invite him to come take over your life. And I did. I went outside, and I said, okay, I'm in. Whatever I know of me, I give to whatever I know of you. There's Karen Berry. I don't see Tom Berry. Sorry, I interrupted myself. <laughs> so I'm sitting on that rock, and here's the truth. I thought the whole thing started that day. <laughs> I really did. I mean, I just, I was so young. I just didn't understand it. Oh, oh, God has been up to things for a while. And so isn't it beautiful that we have first prayers, but we're capturing the momentum. And what we're trying to do is have really, really, really important transformational impact in our lives, where we live and where we work and where we play and where we study, in our zip codes, in our home, in our marriage, with our children. And we stand on the shoulders of people who gave it to us. And guess what else? They're standing on your shoulders with this project that we're doing, moving to a new place. We're reaching into the future. And we're going to be able to say, like Tom said, man, what I'm doing now is going to make a difference in the lives of the people who are coming in behind me. They're standing on your shoulders. You saw them walk through here a little minute ago, just one illustration. Of how powerful is that? Those little people are learning faith because you're doing faith in your home, here in your groups, in all the ways that you serve, 
in the way that you're learning to give to God what God has given to you in every aspect of your life. That's what we're doing here. And family, it's a family thing. This is not about individuals. Kathy said the words earlier, massive provision. Nobody in this room can say, oh, all of this great stuff, all this generosity, all of this ability to move forward, it's because of me. There ain't nobody in the room can say that. It's way past that. And oh, do I like being in that posture. 100% dependent on God. And so here, here's the posture. Some of you are comfortable singing and doing this. Good. Keep doing it. But look, feel it. What happens is I just submitted myself. This physical posture is a submission to God, who, to Jesus Christ, the sovereign king of the universe. And that, that's who we follow. And that's the, that's the person who's making happen what's make, being made happen. And so what we're asking today is what am I supposed to do? We're on this mission. And the question is, what am I supposed to do? And that's the question for us family to do today. What are you supposed to do? And this text is going to make it clear. Trust God. It's a faith journey. In fact, what we're going to read in a few minutes, the text, the last thing we're going to say, if you don't remember anything else we say this morning, I want you to remember Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, the first half. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. What does God want from us? To trust him, to have faith in him, to rely on him. And then take action on that basis. And that's where we're headed this morning. That's what we're going to do. The question we want to ask is, what can God do through us? How much impact, how much life transformation, how much rescuing can we be a part of in our own lives and the lives of people around us? That's the unbelievably cool question. And we've got this tool, if you'll let me call it that, this new home. And we can use it seven days a week doing all kinds of stuff. Just a reminder about that. We have people in this church family who are eensy, beetsy, teensy, tiny little people. And we have people who are growing up, people who are still in school all the way through college. And then we have people who we call them, you call them whatever, young adults. I'm an honorary young adult. <laughs> Ain't I? Ain't I? Yeah. Thank you. And then we have people who've begun to have families. We have a really good distribution of all this across the life of our church. And then we have people who are empty nesters, who had children, but the children are gone, and they're going, hey, yeah, my children are gone. <laughs> and then we have people, if for no better term, I'll call them, in, who live in the third third of life. And if you look at our, if you just get Tony to run the data on the statistics, we're spread out really nicely throughout all of that. And guess what? We can use our building to do stuff for all of those cohorts. Not just us, but all these people that God has helped us love who don't know they're loved. And guess what? We're in the 138th year of First Presbyterian Church doing that. Happen to have the centennial history. Centennial for First Pres. Guess when the 100th anniversary was? 1984. That's so long ago, a lot of you weren't even here yet. A hundred years in. Here it is. I'll tell you what one of my predecessors, pastor, said in the year 1949, in the year of our Lord. I guarantee you most of you weren't born then. He said this about the mission and ministry of the First Pres family in the city of Tampa and the world. 
John B. Dixon was this dude's name. He was a great guy. I met him after he had left First President and was doing other things. He had retired. By the grace of God, we shall continue to be his instruments, listen carefully, of invitation and inspiration. And then here's the really next, I'm not reading all of it. As we stand on the threshold, says John, of such opportunities. Is that great? We're standing on the threshold of a new era, a new epoch, full of opportunity. In John, 1949, see this bus, I mean, it's, it's been rolling. See, Jesus didn't just start when you, when did Jesus become more than just a word to you? Folks online, say something, chat about it. It's in the room. Maybe for some of you, Jesus is still not somebody you're sure about. I'm so glad you're here. Have a few more things to say about that when we get to the text. But I welcome you. If Jesus is way more than a word to you, if he's the person, the sovereign Lord to whom you've surrendered your life, great. If you're sort of wondering and you're here to check it out because you want this to be true and you're just not sure yet, oh, you're so welcome here. John B. Dixon says the final thing in his quote is, he quotes a hymn, an old hymn that folks sang in the 20th century and the 19th and the 18th. Lead on, O King Eternal. Oh, loyal subjects of the king. That's who you and I are. Loyal subject of the king. Keeping it the ball rolling. Man, what a thing we're in the middle of. This is unbelievable. We're going to look at a text from Hebrews, but first, one more thing I want to say, and that's this. It's about Jesus' mission, and this is what Jesus said. I don't have the text up on the wall. You won't see it online, but I'll, I have it quoted, so I mean, memorize it. So you'll be good. Jesus said, Matthew chapter 4, verse 19. I'll repeat it. Matthew chapter 4, verse 19. Follow me. And I will make you into fishers who catch people. Three things in there I want to make sure you understand about Jesus and following him and his mission. Follow me. That's the decision. I made it when I was 18. Conscious decision. Follow him. You choose to be, follow Jesus. Second thing, and Jesus then says, and I will make you. That's the transformation part. That's when you say, okay, I'm going to let you turn me into the person you made me to be. And you cooperate with him. That's one of the reasons Tom Berry talked about transformation in a life group. Because you can really talk and share and care and give and love and whatever. Follow me and I will make you into it. And we just let that happen. We don't block it. And then, look what, and then you say, and I'm choosing also to go on your mission. Go catch people. Three really cool things. And the... the the mission and the method are the same. The mission is relationship. And the method is, in is the relationship. We care unconditionally about people the way God has cared for us. And we go on a mission to be unconditional lovers of people. You don't have to do a bunch of new stuff to be on Jesus' mission. What you have to do is intentionalize what you already are. There's somebody in your life right now who God wants you to love. Who God wants me to love. 
And you simply have to say, I'm going to change a little bit how I'm, I care for this person and be a little more intentional about it. And one of these days, cool stuff about your life and his or her life that you'll start talking about it. And I promise you, you'll end up in a natural way being able to talk about your spiritual experience. It just happens. It's natural. How can you not? There's no rush. It's not a sprint, friends. It's a marathon. Because guess what? We're 138 years in. It ain't going anywhere either. We're going to keep rolling. We're going to keep walking, running, trotting, sitting, listening, sleeping together as a family, going down the road of life together. And on we go. So we want to see this text. This is a beautiful text. It's in a book called Hebrews. The author of Hebrews is New Testament. For those of you, is there, we have an Old Testament, we have a New Testament. This is a book written by a person who is a Jewish person who's a follower now of Jesus, trying to help other Jewish people understand who Jesus is. The author is unknown, maybe written in 70, 75, 80, something like that. And here is this chapter 11 that I want to read a little bit from and say a couple of things about. The first slide, faith. And remember this morning, if you don't remember anything else, it's just remembering what faith is. Now, faith, says the text, is the assurance of things hoped for, the convictions of things not seen. Just a couple of comments about that. Assurance of things hoped for, conviction of things not seen. I think it's a parallelism here. I think the author is trying to say the same thing in slightly two different ways. And here's sort of a way to boil it down for us. It means that there is this reality that's God's powerful purpose. And I'm going to bet everything I have on God making what God wants happen to happen. And I'm going to let myself lean into that, and I'm going to rely on that being the reality. Now, in a lot of our lives today, there's all kinds of stuff that looks like God is nowhere near. And you might be really hurting for somebody. Or, or you, if you're a person who's not sure about Jesus, you might also be hurting for somebody. If many people who aren't quite yet sure they want to be followers of Jesus, they have this tremendously important question to ask. Why is there so much hurt in the world? It's really a good question. Don't be afraid of the question. I don't have a great answer for you, except I can say this. The most heinous evil ever in human history is the crucifixion of Jesus. And we don't have a full understanding of hurt and evil, but we know this. The God who made us and loves us has been through it. So you can take some comfort in that. There's not a, it's not a God who doesn't understand. It's a God who not only understands, has been through it, the worst there ever was. Allow that to soak in, no matter where you are on your journey of faith. So... We trust God, we rely on God, and then we take action on God, take action on it. We live our life in, in a million different ways based on the fact that we faith means I, I don't see it yet, but I'm gonna, everything I do is going to be based on believing it's true. And then, and, and then the text says here, for it's by, for by, for, I'm sorry, make it bigger, for by it, that is faith, the people of old received their commendations. All that is is a hyperlink back to the history of the people of Israel. So what the author is saying is way back when, just like we're saying way back when, 138 years, the people of faith, way back when, the way that they were, were loved and commended by God, the way that God was pleased was because they trusted him. So that's all this is saying. So we go to the next slide. By faith, 
we understand that the universe was created by the word of God. All of us need to stop and think about this, this a minute. The universe was created by the word of God. Here, here's what that means. God always was, is, and always will be. God was not created. But stuff, matter, time, space has a start date. That's heavy right there. Whew. Come up for air. You think, think about it. God is not subject to time. And what the author is saying is, God made everything. God always was. Everything about our life was created by God, and it says he spoke it. I have it written for you in Hebrew. I'm going to look at it and read it. Hebrew, Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. You ready? Bereshith bara Elohim eth hashemayim va'eth ha'arts. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So if you're a person that's not sure about whether there's a God or not, I get it. And what we're making this profound claim is that, oh yeah, there's a God and God created everything. I would say that it takes a lot of faith to simply make the statement, God created all reality. It takes a lot of faith. People of faith, it takes faith to do that. But you know what? For those of us that maybe aren't sure that there's a God, but want there to be one, I would suggest this to you. You're not that far off. If you're willing to say, I, I'm taking, I have a step of faith that there is no God, and this is all just kind of random, and that's the right word. I mean that word colloquially, but I also mean it scientifically, right? It's sort of random. Either, either there's a creator or pff, just an accident. And the flip side of how could there be so much evil, which some folks that say there's no God, I, I say, yeah, I get it. And I've offered already the thought that Jesus experienced the worst evil ever. But here's the other thing. If there is no God, the folks that are saying I'm certain there isn't one, they have a challenge too. How do you explain all the good? So I, we want to be open to folks who are open to talking about this stuff. So I'm just saying these things out to invite you into the conversation. But the author of the letter of Hebrews is saying, hey, one of the ways that we have faith is we just acknowledge that everything that got made was made out of stuff that made out of nothing. Ex nihilo is the term that the theologians use. Ex, E-X, Latin, out of, nihilo, nothing. So you can remember that, can't you, Latin scholars? Jesus Christ created all reality, the universe, ex nihilo. That's good stuff. And that's what on which you are basing your faith. So let's look at the third. And this is an illustration of one of the folks of old who was commended because this person trusted God. I'm, I'm on verse 4. By faith, Abel offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain, through which he was commended as righteous. God commending him by accepting his gift. This is, this is really brief. This is the way this works. Abel was a commissioned salesman. And Abel simply had, he had animals. And in the first animal had a baby. He offered the baby to God. Now let me point out something here. He doesn't know whether the next animal is going to have another baby or not. But he took the first one. Here you go, God. You can have it. Cain, on the other hand, is a farmer growing corn. And he grows his corn and looks around and says, yeah, I got a little extra corn. He gives it to God. See, what God is saying is, trust me. You want to please me? Trust me. And then we can jump quickly to the last verse. 
Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, just the first half of it. It is impossible to please God without faith. I want to please God. Do you want to please your mom or your dad? One of the ways I think it's helpful for us to get in touch with wanting to please God is just go straight to your earthly family and think through how it is that you feel this desire to please your earthly parents. Now, some folks have some problems with that because the earthly parent thing, it didn't go real well or ain't going too well. I get it. You know, I mean, some, some, my father bailed on me, so I have, some time, I have to do some work to re- relate to this. But I certainly wanted to please him when we rebuilt a relationship. I wanted to please my mother. I didn't like it. I was a stupid, fool, stubborn individual teenager, and I, I just took off on my own when I was about 15 as far as parental to count, uh, telling me what to do. But, but I still wanted to please him. I grew up. I got over it. I got over myself. You want to please God, do you? I want to please God. In fact, I think just saying to God, I want to be a person that wants to please you, that pleases God. And then we just live into it without faith. So what else can we give God? He already made it all. See, that's what's so great about the coherence of this text. You see, God doesn't need anything. But what he wants is your heart and my heart and our trust and our allegiance and our loyalty and our surrender and our eagerness to respond to God by jumping in on the mission. It's not forced. I hear somebody singing, let this little light's going to shine back there in the corner. So here's, here's, here's what we're going to do. And we're going to have some family business around the kitchen table in just a second. A way of summarizing this is this way. There is not one square inch in the entire domain of human existence. There is not one square inch in the entire domain of human existence over which Jesus, the enthroned sovereign king of the universe, over which he does not cry out, mine. Everything about us, everything about what it means to flourish as a human being, our jobs, our purpose, our meaning, our aspirations, our dreams, our families, our money, everything, all of that, The sovereign king of the universe looks at it and says, mine, with big, open, loving arms. And what he wants is a response of trust and says, put me in, coach. That's what he wants. Put me in, coach. I'm ready to play. And so we're all being invited to jump into the game of trusting God with our life, wherever that is for you. I don't know how to tell you what that is. We are today going to suggest that there is a particular commitment to participating in this campaign that's a concrete illustration of how we can trust God. And that's what I want to do now, if I could. If you are online, if you are in the room, you have one of these under your seat. And I'd love it if you would pick it up. You even have one of the 500 Forward in Faith pens that we have here for us. For those folks who are online, if you go to our website and you click on About Us, A-B-O-U-T, us, and then you click on Forward in Faith, you'll find this card in there. So what I want to do is just walk you through. Today, just to give you the calendar, today is a day that we're inviting everyone to make a commitment. If you ha- And so that's what we're doing. We're going to let people take another week, or- and then two weeks from today, we're going to tell everybody what the number is. You with me? That's how this is going to work. We're going to today 
commitment cards are coming in. We're going to have this cool thing we're going to do in just a minute. And then two weeks from today, we'll give people who aren't here, who are, are still praying, we'll give you a chance to catch up. And then two weeks from today, we're going to make the, we're going to announce it. We're going to have a, we're going to have a blast. Three weeks from today, um, we're going to be not here anymore. We're going to be over in our new place, but I don't want to confuse things anymore. So if you're in the room or online here, let's get the card out. I'm going to walk through it very slowly and we're going to do this. We're going to look at the top and you're going to see my or our three-year commitment. So this is, by the way, all of this is confidential. You have an envelope. It's going to go in the envelope in a few minutes, and we're going to do something cool with that. It's confidential. Fitz will know. Kathy will know. Tony will know. That's it. And it, it's not, it's, it's just simply that's the way this needs to be. So it's a three-year thing. You with me? 36 months. That means October 27th, 2024, this will be over. Three years from right now. So that's the first thing. What's, you've been praying, you've been talking. Many of, some, many of you have already turned in cards. Many of you have already turned in cards and given gifts, started giving gifts. So I understand all that. We're still going to just talk right through it. Now, the next line says our first portion. And what we mean by that is if you already know what you're going to do, between now and the end of the year. And so it's like taking the first animal that was born to Abel and tossing it into the hat and then seeing what comes later. That's what that's about. So if you know what you're going to do between now and the end of the year, we're going to call that, using biblical language, a first fruit. Okay, that's what the next thing is. You're subtracting that, obviously, off the total commitment. And then however you want to do this, you can give it all today. You can give it all on the October 27th, 2024, you can give it out 36 equal payments between now and you, and you can give it out 156 weekly payments. It's all right here on the card. You with me? We good? I'm going to let you talk. In a few minutes, I'm gonna, we're going to have some music. I'm going to just let you talk or pray if you want to. Find a way to make yourself private if you need to do that. Just huddle up. And we're just going to a couple of minutes to fill the card out. Adam's going to give me some padding here underneath. I think the band's going to come up and join him. So just so we're clear, everybody, if we're in just a minute, I'm going to invite you to put this thing in the envelope, and then we're going to do something really cool with them. So take a minute. If you need to talk with each other, if you're here as a couple or whatever, do that, and then we'll stick them in envelopes and do some one final thing that's kind of special. Padding. Kathy's going to come stand right here with me as we do this together. So if you would do this, my friends, if you would put this card in an envelope and seal it, and we're going to do this. I, if you're comfortable doing it, I hope you will. I'm going to invite you to come up front and put it in the basket. But I want you to stay here. We're going to have a quick huddle, and we're just going to pray. We're going to continue for the 138th year to be God's people, and we pray. So if, if you are 
if you're ready, come plop the thing right here. Just stay up here. When you come, come, come stay up here. If you're comfortable, just, just stay. We're just having a huddle. And everybody just stay right here. Don't go anywhere. If you just don't don't be afraid of your neighbor, just scooch you in a little, just scooch you in a little bit more, and we're gonna do this. A couple more people wanna throw something in the basket. If you are, if you've already done this, please come up here anyway for the huddle. If you did this earlier this week, come on. Not to mention any names. Let me do this, friends. I'm going to ask. So this is this is a family. This is a family. If you are if you're visiting, then I hope you will like the way you see this family doing what we're doing. This is what God is trying to do: create a family that can't wait to get out there and get into the game, love people well. So anybody who's comfortable, if you are, pray out loud about what we're doing, about our mission, about loving people well, about building new buildings, anything in between. And uh, and Kathy and I will pray also, and then we're going to be finished. So anybody who's comfortable doing so, please pray out loud.
my good friends, we're going to sing one, a couple of more choruses of, of uh, Build My Life, Build My Life, and then we're out of here, Go, going forward in faith. Worthy of every song we could ever sing. Worthy of all the praise we could ever bring. Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe. We live for you. Jesus, the name above every other name. Jesus, the only one we could ever say. Worthy of every breath we could ever be. We live for you. Have a great week, everyone. We will see you next time.